Stephen Jill here. Hi. Welcome to the House Academy Show, Real Estate Investment Talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from sunny Southern California. Today, Jill and I talk about affordi- affordable housing solutions. Just ask us. Really? <laughs> Are we doing that now? Doing what? I don't know. Affordable housing? Yeah. Or just ask us? We we live in the opposite of affordable housing. I, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> I got in a huge debate on a recent vacation with a family member, my, my sister actually. Yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> about affordable housing. And uh, I oh. believe we have, and it's not a unique solution to us, or I don't think we're I'm any smarter than anybody else, but I do think I have a, uh, we've identified the problem. And, which is his sister. And the solution's been around forever. <laughs> Just kidding. So, which is what? Which is your sister. <laughs> no. We've identified the problem. <laughs> no, just kidding. My sister and I, my sister's the greatest. Okay. And she's got yeah. a very valid point of view. And so does everybody, actually. But Are you going to tell us her point of view? I am curious. Am I going to tell you my point of view no, on this show? No, sister. Of course. Hers. Okay, good. Of course. I would love to hear she, it. Yeah. Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the houseacademy.com online community. It's free. Brian asks, hello. I'd like to hear if anyone has used or trusted the Redfin estimate to help figure out a property sales price. I went back on two counties where I've completed deals and have noticed that the Redfin estimate is pretty consistently 10% higher than my other sales. When you use the map view and scroll in closely, a gray box appears with the estimate. I'm assuming that this is their version of the Zillow's estimate. I use the standard Land Academy, House Academy method of pricing a county, but in the counties where there's a good uh, variability in sales price and or lack of recent comps, I thought maybe this would be another way to get an accurate retail price that I can use to calculate a whole sale price for a given property. I definitely value other nearby and recent comps more than this estimate. However, if the comps are sparse and far apart, then I'm curious if these estimates are the next best thing. Thanks, Brian. So what Brian's asking is, I look at all these comparison values, regardless of whether it's Redfin, uh, Trulio, Zillow, Landwatch, Land and Farm. He's talking about, on one hand, land here, and I'm going to bring in houses because this is a House Academy show. And what what he's saying is, darn it. The stuff that I sold my pro- uh, my properties for, everything else looks like it went for ten percent higher. Well, Brian, you did everything right. Exactly. Congratulations. <laughs> that's probably why it sold fast, and that's what they were looking at. Also, we have, uh, and this is a huge, grandiose, big picture compliment from me to our members. We have people in our group who have personalities from a data stamp- standpoint, and from a uh, I don't want to use the word OCD, but really um, analytical, let's just say. Personality times 80 over mine. So that's probably very unhealthy for a person like that to walk through the planet, but it's extremely healthy to be in our group and succeed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, Brian, no, I'm not picking on you, Brian. Um, There's people like, well, it should be exactly Don't name this. names. Oh, no. Well, oh, they're gonna, the, they're I'm not name. Gonna, no, I'm not going to name Those people names. like... Uh, no. <laughs> John and Sally, and yeah. no, there are people that sit and look there and say, "I it needs to everything needs to be perfect. The numbers need to line up." This is That's you know, no, this is not what this no. is. If he's if you're selling property ten percent lower than everything else that's around there, you're doing great. I'll say this about houses: 
it's a lot closer to all those estimates and all those numbers than land. You know what's funny about this? I never go back and look. I don't really care. By the way, if you really track these numbers, you're healthy. they change all the time. I'm like, <laughs> by the time I send my mailer out, and I by the time it comes back for houses, I sent out a house mailer, we did all our numbers, you know, we did our smart pricing, I have that number. So then it, the, by the time the offer comes back and they agree to it, maybe it's been 30 days, by the way, by the time they got my letter, thought about it, stared at it on their kitchen counter, signed it and sent it back to me, or or uh, scanned it in and emailed it to me, that number has changed. And I don't I don't get too hung up on it. So I never so go back. It's very interesting. I never return to the scene of crime ever, right. honestly, on this stuff. I'm only looking at really right now to make sure, do I want to buy it? Does this make sense to me still today? But I'm, I'm not, done, yeah. entirely done with the whole real estate deal when we buy it, right. mentally. That's right. it, I mean. But that's what I mean. Even yeah. on the buy side, I'm just saying, by the time I send the offer out and it comes back, those numbers have changed. Yeah. So don't don't hurt your head. Brian, because well, you'll go nuts if you try to sit and monitor and track it. And I think it's, and it's I, you know, I'm curious if these estimates are the next big thing. That's best what he's thing. asking. Based well, if best. I can't find this, if, the, if there's not a lot of comps, are these estimates the next best thing? I take them with a grain of salt, and we all know that's where we start. That's where we start our smart rate pricing based off of, and it's a, it's, it is a good gauge. We go in, I mean, I personally choose uncomped counties for land and uncomped zip codes for houses, uh, and not so much for houses, all the time. I mean, I love uncomped areas. Right. I love it. Well, so you know what it makes me naturally do, and then Jill, makes Jill naturally sign off on it, is, well, we don't have any really super good data in this really sparse, big, untouched county. So what do you say? <laughs> we offer like 10% of what we actually think we should offer, which is 20% of what we think we can sell it. Right. And see, who, see if anybody wants to sell it. And they said, offers come pouring back. That's for land. This is houses. Houses, it's so easy. Houses, it's it. 10 times easier. This is houses. Because the, these algorithms that Brian's talking about here, they tell you what to do. And so what? So at the end of the day, this is a house show. Brian, you went back and you're like, maybe I could have got 10% more of it. Just forget it. Move on. It'll work out. Today's topic, affordable housing solutions. Why don't you just ask us? This is why you're listening. All the big cities in this country specifically the ones that are west uh, or any any popular area that people are moving to not moving out of are having an affordability housing uh, in some cases crisis my sister's from northern michigan in traverse city which has long been um, a retirement slash vacation destination for chicago and detroit which are have been and still are largely populated urban working areas and so we got to talking on vacation and she said you know there's just no affordable housing so I hear that, that sentence makes the, my back teeth kind of go, what? I remember this. So she was talking about the restaurants. There are restaurants that are actually closing because they can't get the workers. And the workers, you know, and it's the waiters and the dishwashers and the servers and some of the, some of the um, um, you know, lower paying jobs. And these guys can't afford to live there, and the commute is killing them, so the restaurants are finding themselves closing. And I'm sure that's all true, and it's actually unfortunate, because when you have more late people who want to work, that's, I mean, I'm a huge believer of, hey, if you want to work, and you're going to show up, let's figure it out together. Right. That's how, you know what, that was like yesterday's show. That's our common ground, okay? Right. Our common ground is, you want to work, I want you to work, we need you, let's solve this together. So my question is, then I said to, to my sister, and I'm not com 
and this is on a large scale, this is happening in Los Angeles County times a hundred. Jill's going to get into that in a second. So my, to my, my response to her was, that's great. How many uh, trailer parks do you guys have in Traverse City? Trailer parks? Oh my God, we would never let a trailer park in here. That is the definition of affordable housing. So, and, and mobile homes have been around for as long as I can remember, since way before uh, our time and probably almost everybody listening to this. So let's, how, what do you say? I'm a developer, I go in, I, I request a special fast track uh, approval from the mobile home park that I want to build because there's so much demand uh, for affordable housings. Let's do that together. Oh, wait, you don't like mobile homes or you don't like that word? That's cool. How about we do one that's called modular, which is the same damn thing as mobile homes is they're just constructed a little bit differently. Oh, you don't like modular housing? That's got a stigma. How about we do tiny houses? Everybody loves tiny houses. We'll take these and Traverse City's got nothing but land everywhere on the outskirts, especially. So, you know, the problem, the affordable housing problem, surprise, surprise, is caused by legislation and, and lawyer legislators specifically like in the civil planning, civil engineering, uh, county level, uh, you know, they, they're not making decisions based on money or actually solving a problem. They're making decisions on uh, personal self-satisfaction about the fact that they're changing laws to better the world when all they're doing is adding laws, which just makes it harder to do everything. I remember that. I remember reading an article about that thing. How many laws are added every day is staggering. And what's funny is whenever we add a law, we never take one away. Those other old laws still stick there. They yeah. should, we should add one, take two away kind of thing, but we don't. It's like, here's another, go ahead. here's another part of the problem. Technology, is changing everything on a daily basis, in my opinion, and I think Jill's, for the better. Mm -hmm. You know, Jill's got a, a very new car, and I sit in the car, and it's like a spaceship. It's got all this technology, and even my car that's about four years older doesn't have that type of technology. So, but that you don't see that changing in houses the way that you should, even though it's there. Why? Because legislators say, solar panels, nope. You have to connect up, uh, to the uh, grid. Water supply? Well, we could have a, a water plant in our garage, all of us, and, and make it a pretty simple solution. Nope, you have to, we get taxes from that. Mm -hmm. You have to connect to the water. Sanitation, you don't have to have a septic anymore. There's like 22 different types of, of uh, waste disposal that are way better for the environment. And so there's all these great tech solutions to these living, and, and people are all saying, this younger, younger generation who really need the affordable housing are all saying, we don't need to live in a big house. We wanna live in this tiny house, it's cool. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of shows on TV about it. Mm -hmm. So the affordable housing solution, it, the problem is caused by legislation. <laughs> the solution is ridiculously available overnight. I agree. I was gonna say something funny, I'm gonna throw it in now, because you, you jumped in so fast, I didn't get a chance. You know, you take, you add a law, take away two, it's like your fat clothes. <laughs> How does that work with fat clothes? You get new clothes, get rid of the old ones. And you should never see them again. Move on. And that means go buy bigger clothes. Hopefully you're losing weight and you buy smaller clothes and you get rid of your fat clothes. You don't want to have them hanging out there. You don't want to ever have that fallback plan. Get rid of them. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Do people do that? Yes. Like keep your fat clothes just yes. in case you get fat? Yes. You should not do that. When you lose weight, get rid of those si the other sizes, and then you're stuck with this size. <laughs> it mentally keeps you here. 
So I don't know how that ties into this, but it was it's I perfect the law <laughs> I don't know what guys do that's that's like that. Oh, I'm sure guys do that. I'm sure you know what the guys do? I'll tell you what guys do. Guys go from an extra large to a large. You know what they do? Then they still wear their extra large <laughs> because then they look they looks like they they lost weight. They may go to a meeting. People go, "Wow, you've lost weight." No, just wearing this old shirt. Maybe they did lose weight, or sometimes guys will buy bigger shirts. That's it too. Did you lose weight? Nope, bought bigger shirts. <laughs> I've I don't heard think guys, guys are in, most guys are not intelligent enough to apply any of this to anything. Like, All right. if a man gets a new tool, like let's say a hammer, there's no chance they're going to throw away that old hammer. There you go. They're going to keep it because yeah. they might need it. Oh my gosh! No, that don't get. So, well, that's just like these laws and these rules. You might need it. You might have to go back there. It's stupid. What does it do? All it does is make us trying to get a permit. That's why permits probably take so long. Why do permits take two weeks? Because they got to go back for you know. 80 years of rules and make sure this one works with that one and doesn't negate this law and negate that you know it's it's nutty and and you're right we need to put cut cut the crap and catch nice. up to 2020 people need housing and just because you don't want to live next to that kind of establishment Come on, that's not cool and that's not fair. So I was thinking about um, what's happening right now. I was reading an article just this week, yesterday morning, about it's I, I it's an area in, in LA, downtown LA, and I thought it was LA Live. I'm like, what's LA Live? It might be LA Live. Um, I'm not sure, but it's an area. And they and they in the article they gave the streets uh, on the boarding of this area, and they are proving like madmen these. 40, 50, 60, uh, 70 story buildings are like, this will be the tallest building and then this will be the tallest building. And some of them, they're breaking ground right now in 2020. And while I was reading one, it's gonna be done in 2023. I'm like, wow, I wanna see this. You know, I wanna, I'm actually thinking to myself, I kinda wanna drive this area now and watch this, watch this unfold. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the best solution. What do you think? Uh, if you're from the East Coast or from the Midwest, specifically the Rust Belt, and you are driving down the freeway and you see a 70-story building where, that, where there is affordable housing, we have a name for that. It's called The Projects, and it's failed. And it has failed every single time that anyone has ever tried to do it. It's a gross disruption of, supply and, of natural supply and demand. Talk to anybody who lives in The Projects. They all hate it. People get murdered there. It's all terrible. Yeah. So that's, that is, when you say 70-story building right. in some designated zone of Los Angeles, all I hear is fail. Right, and we and all know. You know why they're popular? I'll tell you why they're popular. Because people who make these rules are com large institutional commercial developers who are, have a huge vested financial interest in building the biggest structure they possibly can, taking, t letting it take five to eight years because they get make money. Yeah. Developers, the huge scale developers like that, and contractors and legislators, by the way, make hordes of money on a big 70 unit project. Who makes a lot of money on a uh, outskirts of town, subdivided tiny house development with a bunch of solar panels? You know who wins? The person who lives there. And, a, and potentially the, the person like people like us who cut through the crap, I'm using Jill's word, words, to put, do something that's right for the planet and right for the people yeah. and right for the investor. And those are like the building blocks of all the stuff that we do and all these companies that we have. So it's amazing. No, I, I think that's a but that's so see through. It's silly. Uh, well, people Follow the money. People aren't 
people aren't paying attention, I guess. It's shocking what they're doing new with parking and things. A, it's parking's already a problem. Now it's going to get worse. And then B, so many of them, they're, they're getting by with not having the normal allotted required parking spaces now because they, they're within X amount of distance of public transportation. So they don't even have to provide it. That's a classic example of, hey, you get a huge break if you build a building close to a train stop, right. which is what that means. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Yep. All this Los Angeles itself has massive, I don't need to tell anybody this, massive tra- traffic and saturation problems and huge water issues. Right. So building a 70-story building in downtown is going to magnify that times 10. But it doesn't matter because there's a bunch of fees involved. Right. It's really <laughs> I know. Don't, don't stop <laughs> this. just turn into a rant? I know. Where are we going again? This it's... defies common sense. Right. But uh, those, they'll get built. Right. And the people who live there will hate it. Right. It's, can you imagine raising kids in a 70-story building? I've looked at that. You know, it's kind of funny you say that. When uh, Years ago, my brother, we were young, and my brother, um, before married and kids and everything, he lived in a, in a studio apartment in Chicago. And I remember looking around at, like, some of the neighbors around there, too, and, and I'm like, how do you raise kids here? I thought that was very interesting. You, they can never just go in the backyard and play, and you certainly, your dog just, there's no such thing as a doggy door. Okay. So I think you could do it. You know, and I, you can do anything. But the windows don't even wealth. open. I know. It's weird. It's the, it's really weird. Okay. Don't give me started. Okay. Because I'm from Detroit, and I, I'm aware of all this stuff. So what is the solution? Can we wrap up with this? Yeah. The positive, Jill, Jill's, just, that's his code for Jill saying, can we please make this positive yes, before please. we end it? <laughs> give me, a, give me something great. The positive is to loosen, grossly loosen up the concept and the stigma of tiny houses, mobile homes, uh, and maybe even RVs. This stuff has been around and it's just got this terrible stigma and I don't even know why. And every legislator that I've ever talked to says, well, yeah, mobile homes, okay, I can get, let's say I can get past the fact that it's a mobile home in which you all, we don't like. I don't understand why, but we don't. There's, there's not the infrastructure for it. We can't, yes, there is. There's water and all that stuff that can be, there's a 20, almost, uh, mid 21st century we're coming into here technical solution for for all these problems and it's simple and environmentally healthy that's the solution thank you (laughs) the house academy show uh let me do this again think happy you could join us today every tuesdays and thursday we are right here on the house academy show monday wednesday friday you can catch us next door on the land academy show tomorrow on the episode uh on the land academy show is called why offers to owners is hitting record highs. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. These are kind of deep shows. Are they? Yeah. Oh, you know what it is? I'm making them deep. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess we could have said affordable housing. Sure. Allow mobile homes. And then talked about fun stuff. <laughs> like fat clothes. That would be better. <laughs> <laughs> the House Academy show remains commercial free for you, our loyal listener. So wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, please subscribe and rate us there. We We're are Stephen Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property. <laughs>